This is The Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cinema Wave Podcast. We are back to talk to you guys about this year in film. Finally, we are talking about our individual top 10 most anticipated films for the year of 2024. I am one of your hosts. My name is Darian Scalamoni. I am joined this time by Liz Seiko. Hey, hey. Hey. And also Zach Miller. What's up? What's up? All right. Let's do it. We're all going to give you our individual top tens at the very end. But right now we're going to go through 10 all the way down to one for each of us. So I'm going to start with my number 10, which is Bob Marley, One Love. At the time of this recording, the movie isn't out yet. The movie comes out, I believe, in three weeks. Comes out on February uh, 14th. Um, So it's number 10 on my list. Is it on your list, Liz? Yes, it is number eight for me. Okay, Zach, and is it on your list? Yeah, it's number 10 as well. Okay, cool. So it made my list um, because it's a little low on my list, I think, because of the uh, tiredness I'm getting of music biopics. Okay. However, this movie has been in development for like 15 years. And also Bob Marley is one of my favorite artists of all time. So it's a movie that I've always really been looking forward to. I love um, he's the godfather of reggae music and I've just always loved his music and I thought his story was so interesting. And I think, uh, based on the trailers that we're seeing, I think Kingsley Benadir looks so great in the role. So yeah, that is why it approaches my list at number 10. Liz, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm excited about this film. I think it looks really well done. I kind of get nervous like you with biopics, um, when it can sometimes feel just a little bit of like, let's ride on this person's coattails and just make money off of their story. Um, but I really like the director. Um, I really like one of his past films was, uh, King Richard. Oh yeah. Um, so is it Ronaldo Marcus Green? Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like a big fan to see what his next film is. And I think, again, the trailer for me, it just looks really uh, polished and uh, it's going to have like an interesting take, I think, on it rather than just doing like this is facts about Bob Marley, yeah. you know, Zach? Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see uh, like a Bob Marley biopic, kind of what you're talking about with people riding the coattails of um biopic music movies i was thinking of bohemian rhapsody i, I didn't oh, love yeah like, bohemian rhapsody it's just there was a lot of like drama around freddie and i feel like it lost sight of the band at points and that kind of thing but i you know he was like larger than life so that narrative felt a little like cheaper to me this one looks like so far it's shaping up to be a really like personal story and then it goes back to how he has changed the, the game with reggae and, and how he basically like invented a lot of the style of reggae at that point and um, what he did culturally for Jamaica and the turbulence that their country was going through. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And then he's just like, he's a great artist that a lot of people were like renowned, like have a renown for. And, and he just um, like, there's there's an appreciation for his style and his message, so I think it's a very universal film that will come through. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, quick question in regard to that film. So Bohemian Rhapsody was a huge critical and commercial success. Mm-hmm. Like it made it made at least six hundred million. It might have made as much as eight hundred million. I know it made a lot of money, and Remy Malek won the Oscar for it. Yeah. It's way too early to predict Oscar chances for next year, obviously for this film, but commercially. Do you think this film does as good or better than Bohemian Rhapsody? Because I think I agree with what Zach was just saying. Like 
the pop culture cultural relevance that Bob Marley has, I think is like massive. The only thing to me is the release date because Bohemian Rhapsody, I think mm, came yeah. out around October, which is a little bit closer to award season and more people are tend to go to the movies then than like February. What do you think? Uh, I mm, I don't know because I do agree with you on the release date really makes me say like this is just going to be overlooked completely. But I think it totally depends on the performance um, because I also think of the movie Elvis that uh, with Austin Butler in it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people loved the overall film, but his sole performance as Elvis really um, solidified him some noms. So I think it really just depends on the acting, um, not necessarily the film itself. If they can do a good job of uh, feeling like they've brought Bob Marley to screen, then I I could see it having some some legs some legs going. Okay, Zach, do you have an opinion? Yeah, I, I think the release date might hurt it, um, just because a lot of films that end up coming out earlier in the year, they get a little brushed over when award season comes around and they have that, uh, period of releases, honestly, from like summer <clears throat> into summer to the end of the year that really kick up to be awards movies. That's, um, yeah, that's that just seems to be the trend, but yeah, I think, I think maybe that's, so I will give you the numbers for reference and it's kind of shocking. So Bohemian Rhapsody came out on November 2nd. And it grossed $910 million, which is insanity on a $52 million budget, which is crazy. Elvis, and that came out November 2nd. Elvis came out at the end of, or I'm sorry, it came out wide release June 24th. So it was during the summer. Okay. And Elvis, I would argue, is a bigger performer than Freddie Mercury. They're pretty close, but Elvis, I think, has more name recognition. And the movie was called Elvis, right? That movie made two hundred and eighty-eight point seven million, which is a massive difference—a third of of the worldwide gross that um that that made. Now, also the the other difference with that is that we're talking pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic. Yeah, which is also interesting. There's a lot less people going to uh, the movie theaters right now, so I don't know. I think it'll end up in the middle of those two. I'm being hopeful. But I think that I and I think and I hope Marley can reach around 350, 400. I, I think, think it would be would good. Be, then. That would be really good if it can reach that point. But all right. So Bob Marley, one love, my 10. Liz is eight. Zach's 10 as well. Liz, what is your number 10? Um, I'm getting it up. My number 10. It, oh, it's a little bit of an indie from Sundance, which uh, is just wrapping today or yesterday it wrapped or something. Um, so the film is called I Saw the TV Glow. Uh, it's getting a lot of hype right now. Um, I think it was, was it just acquired by A24 or was it? Uh, A24 made it. Originally. Yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's getting a lot of hype. It's labeled as a horror film. And let me get the synopsis really quickly. Uh, I'm sorry, my computer is frozen for a second. That's okay. Do you want me to say it? I have it up. Uh, if you have it, yes. Yeah, I do. So it's about two teenagers who bond over their love of a supernatural television show, but it is mysteriously canceled. And the two leads that they are referring to are played by Justice Smith and Bridget Lundy Payne, who I don't think I've ever heard of. No, I haven't. Um, I was looking at the cast. Uh, I, I am going to say there's not many people that I recognize or like heavy hitters um but i mean it's getting a lot of attention i think it's a very 
it's giving the vibes very much of an A24 film, something that's a little bit on the darker side, maybe a little bit more grungy of a tone. Um, the director, they, let's see. Um, producing. Jane Schoenbrunn is the director, writer and director. Yes. The last film she did was another super indie called We're All Going to the World's Fair. That I think also played at Sundance the year before that. Did it? Have you ever I heard of it, it before? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Very. Uh, Which is from twenty one. Zany so, horror sort of. I mean, movie. a lot. Definitely some good, some good movement from Sundance. I mean, when they start putting you out, I feel like as one of their top contenders, you're definitely going to get some attention. So I think depends on what they end up doing with this. Um, a part of me thinks that it might do way better if it goes to streaming rather than to theater. I think um, horror and kind of more Gen Z tones do better on streaming platforms rather than in theaters. But I mean, we'll see what A24 wants to do with it at the end of the day. Yeah. Is it on either of yours? It is not on my list. Zach, is it on yours? No, it is not. But I am looking forward to it. Mm. Uh, it, it has um, an addition. The, the biggest addition on the cast list to me, if either of you know who he is, is Fred Durst. Fred Durst is the lead singer of the band Limp Bizkit, very popular in the 1990s. I don't know any. I don't know anything about yeah, this. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the fact that he is in the movie is intriguing enough for me. Uh, anything A24 has their name on, I'm at least somewhat intrigued by. Mm -hmm. um, and they have some good up-and-coming actors in it, like Danielle Deadweiler, Helena Howard, and like I said, Justice Smith. Brigitte Lundy-Payne, though, I was looking at her IMDb. I, the, the, her number one credit is Bill and Ted Face the Music from 2020. <laughs> so interesting. It could, it could be uh, sort of a, um, a defining performance for her. And like you were saying, Sundance, it's definitely gotten a lot of attention so far Yeah. Um, through the first week and, and – uh, it's getting some of the best reviews of Sundance. Do you have anything, Zach, for I saw the TV glow? Um, I'm just always like interested in Sundance stuff. So, I mean, I, I know me and Liz are definitely like indie junkies about kind of things. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's like, um, it doesn't have to even be an A-list actor, but somebody who's attached and interested in a very like uh, unique plot, I, that always piques my interest. And just seeing them play something outside their wheelhouse is really cool yeah, so for yeah. sure all right so that is liz's number 10 zach yes. we already did your number 10 correct yeah yeah bob marley all right so we'll move to my number nine which is spaceman spaceman on either of your guys lists no no Not. okay have either of you guys seen the trailer for this movie? i don't think no. so okay <clears throat> so let me pitch you please johan rank is directing this he directed all five episodes of chernobyl on hbo which was oh, okay. one of the most all highly right. regarded television series all of all right. time now, here is where it gets very interesting. It is an astronaut story about someone lost in space and he is missing his wife at home uh, and he embodies uh, or he is sort of like feeling down on himself and you're not positive if he's having an actual hallucinatory experience mm -hmm. or if there is a legitimate giant spider on board his spacecraft. And here's the thing that makes it even crazier. The spider is talking to him. And is trying to help him through his grief. Now, the plot alone is insane. It's 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 a lot. Now I'm going to pitch you. The astronaut is played by Adam Sandler in a dramatic role. His wife is Carrie Mulligan. The spider is voiced by Paul Dano. What the fuck is this movie? And why am I so stoked for it? Because 
The trailer has such an emotional punch, and it's insane to see one Paul Dano voicing like a literal spider, and the fact that Johan Rank is going to go from something like Chernobyl to then go to Netflix and have them buy this, and then get Sandler on board with Carrie Mulligan, I think is just such a unique smorgasbord of things to happen that it had to make my list because I thought it was so interesting. This is what I believe will be like my this year's dream scenario. Okay. Like how I thought uh, last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. That's how I feel about Spaceman. It comes out on Netflix on March 1st, so it's coming out soon. So oh, I, soon. Yeah, okay. very soon. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that is. So yeah. I'm thinking um, it's got a lot of taking off momentum. Like it definitely has some big names and interesting plot to get people to click on it and want to watch it. I don't know how great the story seems of landing that plane to make it an actual good film. But I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe they have a brilliant ending of how to wrap it all up together. But I think it's even more interesting what the, what the synopsis on IMDb says. Yeah, because it's so not what the trailer is. Zach, would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Jakob Prohaska. Orphaned as a boy and raised in the Czech countryside by his grandparents, overcomes his odds to become the country's first astronaut. However, the trailer shows you the nuance of the drama that comes with it, and it is categorized as an adventure film, a drama film, and a sci-fi film. Zach, tell me what you're thinking. I'm thinking a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, like that was a good comparison, though, with Dream Scenario and, and the uh, the surreal and hallucinations that are probably going to come from this and uh i like when when they do something really outside the box and unconventional sometimes and especially when you have famous actors like sandler and uh paul dano and even carrie mulligan like she's dipping into that more and more like mm -hmm. even with saltburn that was very different from maestro you know like that's so she's doing something a little bit more art house and uh i mean sandler's been great with anything art house so i'm, that's I'm all what, in that's yeah. i think that's my big thing i love i mean uncut gems is one of my favorite films of of the 21st century yeah. so that uh, getting to see him flex his dramatic muscles is always intriguing to me so that is my number nine liz what is your number nine my number nine is another sundance uh film that just premiered a real pain um mm. Yes, yes. Is it on either of your lists? It's not. It's, it's not. I didn't. I it heard about this, mine. but I, I, I heard it was cool, uh, but it didn't make my list because I don't know anything. Okay. Much about so it. I'll tell you about it. So it's a comedy drama, is what they're labeling it as, and the uh, synopsis that they give is: two cousins travel to Poland after their grandmother's death to see where they came from and end up joining a Holocaust yeah. tour. Uh, so it's. Jesse Eisenberg's second feature film director uh, directing it, and he wrote the script. Uh, Kieran Culkin is starring in it, along with Jesse Eisenberg. So he's doing all three, which I'm a little interested to see how it goes, because I always think when people do all three, it can kind of get a little chaotic. But, I mean, we'll see how he does with it. Um but yeah, so I mean, I like the pair of them acting together. I feel like the two of them going back and forth might be very interesting, especially if they have it labeled as a comedy. I mean, I'm also excited to see what Culkin does after finishing Succession. Um, I'm interested to see if he stays in that 
character base that he's been playing for the past couple of years or if he wants to flex his acting muscles a little bit and really take on kind of an actual character. Um, I think it's hard for some actors to go from television and being in the shoes of a character for so long and then jumping ship to go and do films because you're not with those roles as long. Um, so I think it's really good that he's doing this and not just going right back to television. Mm. Zach? Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Kieran making more of a reach now into movies and mm -hmm. he probably has a little more time to do movies with, with succession ending. So um, he has a very set niche niche with his uh his portrayal with acting and stuff like he kind of plays like very neurotic and yeah defensive uh characters uh, just from recent times at least uh so I, I i'm interested to see if he leans into a little bit more of roman roy or like does something a little different like i don't know but yeah, he's definitely know. showcased his abilities the past couple of years with succession so i'm excited to see what he does with this yeah but. i um jesse eisenberg uh was the star of my favorite movie of all time, uh, The Social Network. So anything he does, I, I usually am excited mm -hmm. about. Um, he's also a Jersey boy, mm -hmm. which we love. Um, the thing that excites me the most about this is the two-hander between them. Because, me too. Uh, and uh, this is ironic because I do feel like the casual moviegoers confuse Eisenberg with Michael Sarah, which is always funny to me. <laughs> do that? You really think <laughs> no, so? No, legitimately. That's like a thing. Oh, wow. You can look it up online. It's so funny. But um, Sarah acted alongside Colkin in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm -hmm. And they had great chemistry together. And it's just like making me think like, you know, they have to have some sort of chemistry together. Eisenberg and Colkin. Um, I do agree with what Zach is saying. I, I'm very interested and I hope that Colkin can show something different because everything I've ever seen him in, he's the exact same person. And I do think it's become a little bit more like that. Robert Downey Jr. has become Iron Man sort mm. of syndrome. Okay. Uh, now he did something different in Oppenheimer. And I'm hoping that Colkin can do something different with this film, especially because, yes, it's described as a dramedy. But obviously, the um, the I mean, plot the topic, of what the film it's... is, the tone should be a little bit more dramatic. Um, yeah, writing, directing. I mean, Eisenberg, he comes uh, from working in a lot of straight plays and he loves mm -hmm. working on um, a lot more performance-based stuff, especially recently. So I'm excited for this movie. It didn't make my list, but it did get the biggest sale at Sundance. Yep. So it has a lot of momentum. So I think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be one to look out for in twenty twenty four for I'm sure. Excited for it. Yeah, me too. Zach, what is your number nine? My number nine is Furiosa. Furiosa. And um I really liked Mad Max Fury Road. I think I know you've talked in high regard about it mm -hmm. too. It's uh it was one of those action movies that really did a great job making an old old uh, concept into something super uh, visually pleasing, and then just I mean the, the way that they they conducted that movie was was really well uh, made. It's super seamless. Some of the best action you could practically see on screen. So uh, it's number nine for me because I'm not I'm not I don't, I'm not like. Hmm. I'm excited and I can see the anticipation in it and I'm, I am looking forward to it, but I'm only hoping that it becomes a fraction or at least almost with the hype of the first one, because it's, it's going to be hard to follow up that with a prequel movie. So, um, there's a little bit more CGI in the trailer. I noticed than, that's what than the other one. So, um, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. So I didn't put it on my list because as excited as I am to 
kind of step foot in that world again. Mm -hmm. And Mad Max Fury Road was my number three on my top 50 list for the 21st century. So I I absolutely love Mad Max Fury Road. Um, But the CGI in the trailer scared me because Mm -hmm. it was noticeable. And I don't love that. Um, I'm really excited to see Chris Hemsworth do something different because I think he has the ability when given the opportunity to do something different than Thor. He's actually a very talented actor um, and he's playing a villain in this. But uh, and I love Anya Taylor Joy, but yeah, I feel similar to you, Zach. I don't know, like, if my excitement and I didn't see Mad Max in theaters, but like, I saw it way after the hype, and I was like, it can't be that good, and it was and it was better than I thought it was going to be. So uh, it didn't make my list because the trailer scared me a bit. I will be seeing it opening weekend though, and I'm still excited for it, but it did not make my list. Liz, have you seen Mad Max Fury Road, or do you know what Furiosa is? No. Okay. <laughs> Notable. <laughs> Notable. So Furious. I never I, yeah, I never saw Mad Max and then I literally have not heard of this film at all until you guys brought it up okay. just now. So Furiosa is Charlize Theron's character in Mad Max Fury Road, and this is a prequel film of her character. Okay. And Anya Taylor Joy is playing her. It's the easiest way to describe That's it, good. That's yeah. a good description, I think, well, though. I mean much, yeah, everything else in the background, it's it's very like um it's super sci-fi dystopian like maybe i'll see how you guys think about the film first and then if it's good i'll watch both okay that's fair i think the first one is well not the first one but mad max fury road is worth watching to appreciate the filmmaking that went into it okay even if you're not into the genre this is so you think the filmmaking went downhill with this next one a little bit and i also Mm. thought to myself i think a big shouldn't say a big part because you can't blame it always on things like this the COVID and the strikes in a movie like this, mm-hmm. I think definitely hurt it. I it think had to go cheap a because, little bit. Because uh, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, have you heard like anything about the production of that movie? They blew up so yeah, many IMAX that, cameras. That I knew. So like they didn't have the budgetary ableness to probably do that on this movie. And they probably wanted to keep the budget a little lower. The one thing is that George Miller is back to direct it, and he did Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, so that's good. So that is a good sign. I agree. He also did Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2. Fun fact, (laughs) which is so funny to me, always, when I think about it. Um, Okay, so Furiosa is Zach's number nine. So now we go to my number eight, which uh, I think is on both of your lists and way higher, and it just made it on my list. Oh! Because told me to because i know because i, I did I pressured you i did want to i did it, it's a movie i'm very much looking forward to and it is challenger so i have it number eight you have it number two number two Woo! That, I it. Got three yeah three got it pretty high um this is luca guadagnino's next film uh what has he done anything since call me by your name yeah yeah he did um right? bones and all bones and all which i recently saw okay. and i didn't love um yeah it wasn't my favorite it was fine but I, I wanted more. You haven't seen it? Yeah. I wanted, I, I wanted, yeah. I wanted Especially, that was another movie where it was like, it wasn't on the level of Saltburn at all, but it was like people were talking about it and I was like, oh, like interesting topic and all right. And then I saw it and I was like, not as good. I think Bones and All had a lot of potential, but then when people saw it, it was a little bit too, I don't know. It's just, it was a mess. Yeah. Is, I is don't, it experimental? It- no, it's it's not really experimental. It just really pushes that line. I kind of agree with you on like the salt burn aspect of making the audience feel queasy um, and testing. Had like, a lot of shock value based on synopsis alone. Yes, of yeah. like mm. having to like eat people pretty much. Um, uh, they're cannibals. Okay. Yeah, they're I cannibals. Know that. In order nice. to survive. And 
I not think... Society of the Snow. No, 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 very, no, different no very different, very <laughs> different. Yeah, but I think they like I get the concept, and I wish that they in that film they would have been better if they focused on the meaning behind it and the overall relationships, but they really focused in on the blood. Ooh. Yeah, oh, wow. a lot more than I expected, and so I think for some people it was just not, not, not it. Yeah. But anyways, I really like him as a director. I think he has interesting concepts. Um, I really like the partnership of him and Zendaya for this. I don't know why. I'm really excited for her. Um, I hope because you know Luca does very. I feel like his films. You either love them or you hate them because they do very risque topics. Mm. Um, there was a big group that didn't really love Call Me By Your Name because they felt like it was showing uh, like a huge age gap. It also stars a real cannibal. Yeah, I mean, let's not even <laughs> let's not even get into that. That the next film after he worked, no, I can't talk about that right now. I can. I'll go into a deep dive. But anyways, <laughs> so that was Call Me By Your Name. Some people didn't love it. Bones and all, some people didn't love because they were like, why are we Why are we like sympathizing with cannibalism? Mm. So now we go to Challengers, which when the pull it together, oh, right, you pull dude, it I'm together. Sorry. So, so anyways, when the trailer or like the mini was it the trailer? Yeah, I think it was yeah, the for trailer Challengers, for yeah, yeah. Challengers dropped. A lot of people were like, oh my god, a lot of hype online. Like, why? Yeah. Like some people were like. Oh yes, love this. Let's see what happens because now Zendaya is um honestly I think she's over euphoria. She's like, let me move on to bigger roles than just playing the high school uh oh, like yeah. the high school age. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see how it goes, but then some people are like, Why is she doing a film where like it, I think she's it's in the just middle of a love triangle? Pretty much. Yeah. Um but I mean, I think the story has more to it than what meets the eye in the trailer. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I just talked a lot about this film. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I think sick. I think the provocative part of it is is what's intriguing to mm -hmm. me. Um, because again, Zendaya comes from that Disney Channel past and Euphoria obviously took her in one direction. And I think that uh, Challengers is obviously a much more commercialized sort of stylistic play for her. Um, this was a movie that was supposed to come out around award season this year. Yeah. 2023, I should say last year, technically. Um, and now it's coming out in April of this year. So it's mm -hmm. interesting in terms of the pivoting with the release date to me. I think it's going to be a commercial success. I don't know how much money the movie was made for. Zendaya probably cost a pretty penny, but I don't think the other two leads, Josh O'Connor and Mike Face, probably cost too much. Um, they're both rising stars in their own right, but I have never seen a single project between the two of them, which is also interesting to me because oh, I think um, I think the one guy is in the crown. Uh, Josh O'Connor is okay, and then Mike Faced is going to be in Bike Riders, um, and he also was in West Side Story, which I still have not seen, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Spielberg's version of West Side Story that is, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think it's intriguing, and I, I've I've only seen the two Luca movies. Um, I'm a big fan of Call Me By Your Name and Bones and All I really didn't like that much. I thought it was just very decent, like maybe putting it best. So, Zach, you have a number three on your list. Uh, I'm really excited to see... Um, I'm trying to think of like a different topic to talk about that you guys haven't hit already, but uh, definitely the love triangle is going to be really compelling. Uh, it'll make or break, <coughs> break the movie. Mm -hmm. Um 
I think if it becomes a little too melodramatic, it'll it'll kind of break the storyline. But I like how it's taking place over, I think, two decades of their lives where they're younger and she's a star athlete. And then it goes into her married life with yeah. one, of, one of them. And um, that'll be interesting because it'll be cool to see how that changes over time. And then just how uh, I feel like there hasn't been a lot of movies where the woman is the lead star athlete and she's the, the spotlight and then there's two men competing it's usually been two women competing mm -hmm. for a male mm -hmm. so i think that'll be really cool and an interesting dynamic um and you know the themes that come with that and like uh showing your masculinity and like how they're trying to prove themselves to her like that kind of intrigue uh definitely has me um interested too so yeah nice. okay so that was my number eight liz we already did your number eight right yeah Bob well, marley one love yeah, yeah yeah and then zach your number eight is up yeah so mine is megalopolis um francis ford coppola is coming back to the director's chair mm -hmm. it's always exciting for me um and much like scorsese i mean they are very close to but they're they're he's one of those legendary filmmakers he's just somebody who's had worldwide appeal in his career um he's been around for a long time you know we've, we were talking a little bit about how there's a lot of directors in hollywood that have been around a long time some of them have continued this impressive resume others have started to taper off a little bit um i'm hoping coppola can deliver a pretty good film like I, i'm not setting my hopes too high but um, the the premise is pretty cool, isn't it? Like a futuristic, um, it's like a weird dramatic sci-fi. Uh, the synopsis says an architect wants to rebuild New York City as a utopia following a devastating disaster. Mm, okay. This is his longtime passion project, and he has committed half of his own money to the budget, mm. which I think oh, that's is, right. It's fully funded himself. Is it fully yeah. funded? All right, so that's it's what he was funded. saying. Yeah, and it's yikes, look, I'm gonna double check. <laughs> yikes! I'm gonna check. Yeah, a lot of money. He does. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh, I don't know man. if this will be the last movie he ever makes. I'm curious, but uh, it's supposed to be around 120 million dollars. Might be the last film if this thing tanks. It's possible. <laughs> Um, Zach, is there anything else you wanted to add? Or uh, yeah, well, I just like the cast. I like uh, Adam Driver's back in the role, and then there's a bunch of uh, the cast is crazy. Yeah, wait, give me the give me the rest of them. All right, give, give us, the rattle cast. them off. Let's see. Adam them. Driver, Aubrey Plaza, mm. Giancarlo Esposito, Jason Schwartzman, Dustin Hoffman, Lawrence Fishburne, John Voight, Forrest Whitaker, Talia Shire, and here's the most controversial of them all: Shia LaBeouf. Who is playing a drag queen? So really, yes. Is that how do you know that right now with the plot like, because kind of being under wraps? there are set photos. I've oh. seen these, yeah. Yes. Oh, so wow. and I read that uh, when they first uh, discussed what role he was playing. Chloe Feynman from SNL is also in it. Um, yeah, Shia I mean, is definitely a problematic person. He's a great actor, though. At the I end one thousand percent so, agree with you. Yeah. So, I think this movie is very interesting, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. I think that uh, it, it's worthy of being on a top 10 list because of the talent that comes with the name Francis Ford Coppola and his past. Um, I don't remember the last time he made a good movie. I, I, I don't know. Um, doing a movie in the modern age with 
an eclectic group of actors that are from all different age ranges and, and backgrounds and, and belief systems is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will be seeing it. I don't know. I think I need to see a trailer. I don't think I, I think I need a little more. I'll go to see it because it's Coppola, but it's a very interesting movie. It just seems very outside his style. That I, I would too. agree with that too. Like for he, sure. He's had war epics. He's had uh, a big incorporation of violence mm -hmm. in his movies. Um, like familial elements with the Godfather. Uh, just like a lot of personal um, stories. And, and this feels so detached from reality like unlike his other films yeah for so. sure i mean him doing a sci-fi movie alone is is very intriguing liz yeah. do you have any thoughts i get concerned when directors and writers say that this has been a lifelong passion project. passion project yeah. because for me it just means that no one would fund it no one would fund it first of all <laughs> It Poor means it's, it, it at a core, the kernel, the pitch was not good if it's been this long. I also get nervous because then they get precious with it and they're not able to see it as a whole film. I think that they start getting a little lost in what to do with it and they start getting lost in the meaning because they've spent so many years thinking about it. So I'm a little concerned. Also, the money thing. Jesus Christ, they always <laughs> say you don't use your own money. That's a lot of his own money. Yeah, for real. Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm worried, but who knows? Maybe he he comes back, drops the mic, and then is like, that's it, everyone. Leave me alone for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Like, you don't know. He's delivered some of the, like, greatest films of all time. And then some ones that haven't been that great. So you never know what's going to come of him. That's true. He's a surprising man. It's very interesting. How old is Coppola now? In his 80s, like 80 right? something, yeah. Wow. Gotta be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be kind of excited. Money, excited for, yeah. Excited the, for the conversation, to be depends quite honest. On, I wonder yeah. if it's going to be like three hours. Yeah, of course. Jesus, 100%. I yeah. hope it's not. No, well, that's the trend now. Here though. comes it. the cutting queen. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it, please. Queen edit. <laughs> Um, okay, so that was Zach's number eight. We're going to go to my number seven. Uh, I wanted to throw a romance movie on there. There's one that uh, we had posted on our socials that got a lot of attention for mm. a lot of good reason. Because the two leads are fantastic young actors. Oh, I forgot about this film. Liz's wow. Wow. My number seven is We Live in Time. Yes. Which stars uh, one of my favorites, Andrew Garfield, who, ugh, what a fantastic man he is. Ugh. He's so handsome, uh, <laughs> as well as Florence Pugh. Mm -hmm. So those two alone put them in a romantic drama together with their acting ability and the fact that um, off the top of my head, I can't think of either one of them playing within the genre exclusively, which excites me. Like, obviously, Garfield uh, was opposite Emma Stone in, like, the Spider-Man mm -hmm. movies and um, uh, who played? Oh, she was so good in it, too, in Tick, Tick, Boom. Legends. No, not his significant other. Oh. Oh, 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 um, uh, Alexander Ship. Alexander Ship. Yeah. Thank you. So he's had things like that. Florence Pugh again. I mean, she's had. Uh, I didn't see. Don't worry, darling. I don't think that she was, was a romantic. She was the movie only good anyway. part in that film. Yeah, I don't think that was a romance movie. <laughs> no, per se. definitely exactly. not. More of like psychological. Um, so that alone is one thing. But the other fact for me is that the director of this film is John Crowley, who directed a movie that I saw about ten years ago that I loved so much. And I felt like was so under the radar and it was Brooklyn, 
but Saoirse Ronan. Mm. I love that movie. Okay. And uh, what he did more recently was one of my favorite episodes of television from 2023, and that was the Beyond the Sea episode of Black Mirror. Mm -hmm. So I do think that he has a very unique perspective on romance and on relationships. And the plot for this movie is yet to be determined. Under wraps. Under wraps, which makes me very excited. So there's not much to talk about in regard to it other than the talent attached, but that's enough to get me excited and I will be in the theater or watching it on streaming, whatever they decide, the day it comes out. So We Live in Time is my number seven. I don't think it's on either of you guys' lists. No, I actually forgot about it. Um, I feel like because they're keeping the plot under wraps, it's going to be a not-so-happy ending romance. I agree. Whether that means... Do you think there's a time travel element? I w is this because time? Uh, about time? Is that's that, another part I was... of it. I mean, that's one of my favorite romance movies of all time. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on in this in this melting pot for me to put yeah. it in my list. That I, Put it higher up. I mean, list. I definitely don't think it's going it, to... They label it as drama. So it's not going to be like a rom-com. Yes, I agree. It's, I think either... my If I had to bet right now, they either break up at the end or one of them dies. That's I'm going to bet with that's it. Bet Let's with come them. back to this. Let's yeah, come back to this. Yeah. We'll, we'll see put a pin in this combo. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Oh, like, like you might be right. So we'll review you the You might thing. be. Yeah, or I'm I completely so. wrong and they just like live happily ever after. And... They live in time. Live wow. In time. Wow. That's cute. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think I think a drama romance uh, for these two actors, I, to me, they seem like such pros and they go after really interesting scripts at this point in their careers that the script has to be pretty decent for those two to be in it and andrew garfield's his relationships in the past uh couple movies have kind of been uh pretty pretty like strenuous characters like in the relationships and even florence Pugh has has had a lot of like strenuous uh emotional performances both of them so I, I'm interested to see if they can bring that in. I, I really liked him in Tick, Tick, Boom and, and all the turmoil that he goes through in that movie. And then Florence Pugh is... I, mean, I watched a, a Good Person from last year and uh, I liked the she's movie. Great. But she's great. In that. Yeah, she's and, great in everything she does. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they don't do the... Uh, uh, Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney oh my God. promo no, it, falling again, in love together. Romantic drama. I don't. I don't think so. Could you imagine? Oh, I'd actually love them as a couple, though. Yeah, Ooh. I can see it. I always liked Andrew and Emma. I, I wanted them. Well, to be yeah, together they were forever. like Endgame, but so not sad. to be. Not to be. Not to be. Florence is single, right? But Andrew, I think, is recently married. Oh, really? I think. Yeah, married. I thought I he didn't did. know that. Maybe I'm wrong. Liz, you would know better than I. Would. I don't know that. All right, well, then maybe I'm wrong. I know that Pew was dating um, Zach Braff for a little while. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, they broke up, mm -hmm. I think, right uh, as Good Person was getting released. Like, yeah. right Good around that them. time. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Good for them. Keeping it professional. Um, I'll look into that and we'll talk about <laughs> that. That's a different episode. <laughs> um, that's my number seven. We live in time. Liz, what is your number seven? My number seven is Bike Riders, okay. which Ooh. I think that's on. It's pretty high on Zach's. It's it's. Zach, what is it on your list? It's number one. It's okay. Zach's number one. So you know what? I, Zach, I'll let you go off first before. Are you sure? Yeah, it's your number no, one. Liz, you can talk no, it's your number one. No, Zach, go insist. off. Dude. No, go no, off. No, what, go right. off. Are you off? Do you need me to talk about it first? You, get you started? I, you can talk about it. Okay, go you know ahead. what? I will tell you why it's on my list mm. fully for Austin Butler because I want to see if he has been able to shed. Elvis. Mm. Um, 
I think he did really great in that film, but I'm interested to see what he does outside of that performance. Uh, so that is just me kickstarting this conversation. Go ahead. Interesting. I have a comment to that. What? What? Mind. Go jump in. So his uh, filmography, Austin Butler, for the next four projects that he's doing, I am excited about all four of them. But that what you're talking about with the Elvis thing, I think this project is going to be the most like Elvis out of the next four that he does. So I don't know. Why? What so makes you say that? Because Just what they wear leather jackets? Because something? I think that there is enough of what <laughs> he identifies in that character in Bike Riders. Where the other, so like Dune is something entirely different. Well, yeah, Dune is like that. I think is going to be like that's. I think is going to be a different. And then Masters of the Air comes out uh, this weekend as of this. I was going to say Masters of the Air might be the most like it because he just seems most like, like he's, he's. I guess playing, it's like, like similar t uh, time period. I guess too, right? It, it's. Like, it? I mean, it's like tw 10, 15 years before, before all this, yeah. and, and twenty years even. But like, like I think. Um, like Masters of the Air, he just seems like he has this flyboy energy where he's like, "Oh, I'm the captain of a bomber." Like, like outside of the war element, I th he just looks like he's the center of attention, and like you know, he's he's maybe that's part of his character too, like where he's he's loving the uniform and like yeah. what comes with it, and then you know, but he's going into war. See, now. that's what I would think so. of with bike riders. There's such a uh, unique egotistical nature about people that are in a motorcycle gang, which makes me think that there's Elvis in that. I think it's different than his Elvis, though, because his that, Elvis was very Baz Luhrmann esque. Yes, like, um, they didn't even touch it. on like possibly the scary aspects of Elvis that Priscilla touched on. So, like bike riders, I feel like he's gonna um, like tap into very dark, intimidating tactics rather than Elvis, which was like the showman yeah. of Elvis. I hope so. I hope you're right. I I'm excited for bike riders too. Zach, go off, King. Um, well, so you got Austin Butler. Yes. Uh, my girlfriend has already raved about his arms in the trailer. Oh, great. So calling you out, Faith. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I really don't care. Uh, I don't really then, care. Uh, I don't really no, care. I don't really care. Don't really care. bother me. No, I'll, I'm cool. I'll take her seat. But, uh, um, and uh, Tom Hardy, crazy. Oh, can't wait. He's going to be um, terrifying in this. That, I feel like. He's gonna oh, my gosh. He, he is always so intense mm. in everything he brings in. So for him to especially be like a biker and and just this raw like toxic dude like I I already kind of know what's coming with the energy he might bring and then you got Norman Reedus attached and Jodie Comer mm -hmm. she is my girl with Ooh. the upcoming actress like I love what she is doing I love that she got um I think she got a Tony for that show that she did by herself it was like a red white and blue playbill I, i'm trying to i'm blanking on the name but she has an emmy too an emmy for killing okay. eve yeah yeah okay and she like look like everybody put her on your watch list of like she is someone to look out for she was great in the last duel she deserves a lot of roles that are coming out so i mean um, she's phenomenal like she she's is. great mm. and i hope that she isn't put to the side as like a femme fatale you know like i hope she gets a lot of screen time and i want her to become a biker and like that would be sick in it kill someone that'd be sick but i don't think that's good <laughs> like, it doesn't like look a, like that in the trailer at all yeah i know like, like good fellas like she becomes like um uh, karen and yeah, just yeah. like mm. gets in the mix you yeah know, like, i hope yeah. she's not like like the oh come home and like don't yeah. don't do that oh, like you shouldn't do that yeah, yeah i hope that's not her role your heavy chicago accent in it 
so awesome. Yeah. Well, I think she's I think just it's a, Chicago. She's right? a great Isn't actress it? because she becomes unrecognizable a lot in her roles. Yeah, for sure. Even in the trailer, at first I was kind of like, wait, who is this again? And then eventually I was like, oh, okay, I got it. But she she transforms. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, it has one of the best casts of the year. And I think for the uh, topic in terms of like whoever the casting director was for this movie, they cast such great either lesser known actors or more character actors and rising actors mm -hmm. in the roles of the biker gang that are like perfect. Like, so Michael Shannon is, has been in every one of Jeff Nichols movies. So he's back to do this. Mike uh, face has, does not play a biker, but he plays a nice uh, interesting side character that looks like it could be something Boyd Holbrook is like the definition of what an actor that would be a biker looks like. Um, Emery Cohen, Norman Reedus, like Zach said, Toby Wallace is another up and coming a young actor that I think is is going to be in a lot of stuff going forward. Um, all those actors all look like they could portray this. And uh, just the three leads in general between Butler, Comer and Hardy is like a powerhouse trio yeah. to pitch a movie on. And, and biker gangs are kind of marketable like people want to see movies like sons of Anarchy. i don't know if either of you guys watched it i don't but like sons of anarchy was like one of the biggest shows of the 2000s because mm. of what what it revolves around so it did not make my list but it would probably be number 11 okay. really so it's right it's outside on your my list, list. no oh. it didn't make my list it was supposed to come out in 2023 um and then it got pushed um i forget exactly why it got pushed i think it was something with the marketing it was something weird it maybe. i don't know what it was but or maybe they just saw how stacked that might have been what it was too was, yeah they were like eh, but I, I think that's why maybe it didn't make my list because the momentum might have died down for me i was so pumped when the trailer came out but it's died down a little bit for me but i am excited to see it me still too. so it was liz's number seven. seven it was zach's number one zach what is your number seven let's see let's see uh so i got gladiator two this and is perfect because it's my number six. Great. And all it's right. not my, on mine at all. It's not on Liz's <laughs> list. Have you seen the first Gladiator? I don't think so. Oh. oh. You would know if you saw the first I Gladiator. I don't think so. Okay, well, go off, DJ. You want me to go off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you go off? The, the first one came out in 2000. 2000. So yeah. that, that that's the what? reason why it's so... I there. The same way I felt about Furiosa, I feel tenfold for Gladiator 2. Oh, yeah. Because this is a movie that realistically, if I was in a room and I was an executive and somebody pitched me Gladiator 2, I would tell them to get the fuck out. Now, here's the thing. The movie uh, brings back the original everybody. Like okay. everybody behind the scenes that worked on the movie, if they're still alive on the first one, they're back for this one. Ridley Scott is back. David Scarp is doing the script. Connie Nielsen's character returns. But – um, I'm not going to, I mean, this is kind of crazy, but I'm not going to spoil the first movie in case you haven't seen it. I haven't. It so don't spoil 24 it. 24 years ago, but Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe are both not returning and they both were in the first film. Russell Crowe won an Oscar uh, and Joaquin won, right? They both won. I think mm -hmm. Gladiator also won best picture in 2000. So this movie is coming out 24 years later. Um, it's coming out around Oscar time, November 22nd. Um, but the cast is I'm blown away. very intriguing. So you have arguably three of the hottest stars, male stars in Hollywood. Four, really, you can argue. You have Pedro Pascal, who is in everything. You have Paul Mescal, who is like arguably in the top five most talented actors mm -hmm. probably working today. Joseph Quinn, this is going to be the first thing, I, I guess technically in terms of release date, 
This will be the second thing he does since Stranger Things, and he became a star overnight because of his role as Eddie Brunson. Um, then you also have Barry Keoghan, who's coming off of the Saltburn turn. But even more so, you have fucking Denzel Washington in a Swords and Sandals movie. <laughs> Who the hell would have imagined swords that that would happen? Sandals. That's I what it that. is. That's good. So that that is why I'm intrigued, strictly because the first movie is so masterful and... I would find it hard to believe that all of these talented people would not sign on if the script wasn't great. They wouldn't want to touch this property if yeah. it wasn't great. So that's how I feel about it. That's why it's my number six. Why is it your number seven? Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of like in the vein of, of Megalopolis for me. Like I, I, I am excited for it, um, mostly because of the cast. Uh, like Kind of like you're saying, there there's a great group of people attached. If they were doing a... Um, like a sequel that was directly related and it was all recasted people it, it would really like not um and i would have no no anticipation for it but but the fact that like especially denzel is attached to something and i'm assuming he's going to play like a mentor role along with maybe pedro but i don't know um I am a little rocky on really Scott after Napoleon. So like that kind of scarred me on how his filmmaking abilities mm -hmm. kind of taking a turn. Um, some people like Napoleon, but I felt like the wide reaction was not well received. So, uh, and then to make a movie that's yeah. 24 years it's after kind of nuts. It's wild. I don't know. It's, it's sketchy. Like it's a gamble for sure. But if you have really attached to, you know, that gives you some hope that at least only he can mess it up. <laughs> you know, like if, if he knows the source material, like of his own stuff, and then you have a good cast, it has everything going for it. So it'll just be about how the story is presented. And he does everything practical, Ridley, which is the other yeah. part of it that it's like, yeah. that's why the first movie was set Napoleon. Is there is dog. there CGI in it? I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, dog CGI. Oh, really? And it got nominated for visual effects. That's a different podcast. Oh, Jesus. Bro. That's so bad. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that is Zach's number seven, Gladiator 2. It was my number six. Um, so now we are going to go to – that was your number seven, Liz. We're going to go to – My number six? Your number six, yes. My number six is Civil War. Okay. Is it on either of Did yours? it make my list? Did it make yours? Oh, I forgot about that one, to be honest. Wow. It's a lot of good movies. I, I know. There's a Liz lot coming out. was ridiculing me before you recorded. No, I should have put it on. Yeah. There's so many good ones coming out in 2024. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, So Civil War. Uh, it's uh, written and directed by Alex Garland, who uh, did one of my favorite films, um, is Ex Mahina love that film i think it's brilliant i think it's so smart um and so this film it's the description is in the near future a team of journalists travel across the united states during a rapidly escalating civil war that has engulfed the entire nation i feel like i love this sentence because it gives you just enough to kind of be like okay like some crazy stuff might be happening but also doesn't completely ruin the whole story for you also um i don't know why but like the um picture that they're using gives me like cloverfield vibes so i don't know if it's gonna i don't know where they're gonna go with this but um i'm also excited about the cast i mean kaylee spaney's gonna be in it Did so you see the trailer no i purposely didn't oh, watch the trailer okay. oh really i purposely didn't okay 
Wow. Because I don't want to be like going in being like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. It was a good trailer. It is a good trailer. Okay, good. Uh, Very worried about this release because of what it handles. Uh, I think it looks great. But I think it's coming out at a time where the world is so divided that um, it could either resonate with a lot of people in a really strong and profound way or there's going to be heads on spikes for Alex Garland, which I hope doesn't happen. Uh, I agree with you, Liz. I think Ex Machina is one of the uh, better original creations Mm -hmm. in recent memory in in the movie industry. He's also a great screenwriter. So I, I think that in terms of the story and how strong it could be, it's it's all based on how the script works. Um, like you said, the, the cast is really great. Um, and I enjoyed the trailer, but I'm hesitant because of the plot. But we'll see. I still think it looks good. That also comes out in April. April 26th, right? Or April 12th. April it's my 12th. Brother's birthday. Shout out, brother. It's A24 also. It is A24. So. Which I think they've done all of Alex Garland's films. Uh, I don't know possibly. if they did Annihilation, but they did Men and they did Ex Machina. That I know for sure. And it's a blockbuster too. Like it, it is. So it's, a, it's their most expensive movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, I also time. love uh, Kirsten Dunst, so mm. I'm excited to see her in this because I feel like she, um, the, her last few films, I feel like haven't been super not physical, but like active ones. They've been a little bit more subdued performances. So I'm interested to see her in this film that for me just feels like it's going to be a little bit more fast pace. Okay. Zach. Um, yeah. I also really like Wagner Mora um, mm. who's in it. He, he was a uh, Pablo Escobar and Narcos. And that was one of the first Netflix shows I really liked. And pa- Pedro Pascal's in that too. Mm. Um, yeah, he's he's very talented and he deserves to get casted in a lot more. So I was excited to see him in this, um, especially. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move on to your six? We can. This is, I did my six. So, Zach, it's going to be your six next. Gotcha. All right. Well, my number six is Dune Part 2. Okay. Ooh-hoo. So, yeah. It's your number six. It is my number two. It is my number one. It is Liz's number one. Ooh, Liz, go off. So Queen has to talk now. I, you know, I'm really not into movies like this. I think everybody, you guys know that. I think a lot of people know. I'm not really into like these big dystopia blockbuster films. Um, But I'm actually interested in the story of Dune. Obviously, the first one brought me in because of Chalamet. But I really like the story. I think that the first one, I know some people thought that it was a little, uh, it took a little long to tell the plot. But I'm really excited to see this one because I think they're going to finally start getting into uh, like bigger circumstances that then start changing the world. Um, Also, like they just keep bringing on big name actors. And I'm like, at what point, like they're going to be having everybody in on this like filmography at a certain point um so yeah i'm really excited about it uh i'm also glad that zendaya will be more in it yeah because the first one one very much well she promoted it like she was half the film and then all of a sudden she was in it for two seconds it felt like yeah Yeah. she's only in for like 20 minutes it was like the dream sequences pretty much three hour runtime yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Well, they deal with a lot of, and there's a lot of characters in the first movie that won't be in the second one. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Exactly. I'm excited. 
I, you know what's crazy? I actually got late to the Dune train, so I just. Oh, didn't you just watch I it? Literally just. Did I, you really? You texted me like last yeah. week that you just saw it. Came, I was like, no it on, way. Is it? It's on Netflix now. Oh yeah. And it was yeah. on. It, it's a Warner Brothers film, I think. So it should be on HBO. Or I think. It was I think it was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. It, it might still be, but um, yeah, I I was like, oh yeah, I understand the hype behind mm-hmm. it, obviously. And, it's um, great. I just didn't. Uh, I didn't get around to seeing it, and um. I think it was I think it was a runtime thing too, so maybe that was it. There you but, go. Uh, How did you feel about yeah. the runtime? I mean, I could look at Timothy Chalamet oh, for hours. So we that found the answer, me. everyone. Oh, unless it's Wonka. Unless it's Wonka. Scrub, scrub. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't be oh singing. God. Yes, no singing. I like Ooh. the more like brooding vibe from him. I think he's better. Okay. He's not brooding. Yes, he is. No. DJ agrees with me. Eh, I don't know. In the in Dune? In Dune he kinda is, but there's also people that are definitely more brooding. Call me by your name. What? No. Yes, he is. He's no. like the brooding, brooding? Te- like teenager boy. He's the vulnerable dr- like mel- Yeah, I disagree with that. Like like uh wimpy. He's definitely He's more not <laughs> wimpy and call me by He's your like, name. Oh, I gotta read my books on vacation. <laughs> oh man, I'm too bad I can't find love. So Zach doesn't like call me by I your like name. I like call me by your name. I'm just saying he's a stereotype. All right, let's get back on track with Dune. Zach, <laughs> what do you think? You just saw Dune. So what did you think about the I first like one? Dune. I like Dune. I was actually having a conversation with some friends of like, they they thought like like a lot happens in Dune, but it's a lot of setup. So I'm, I'm excited for mm-hmm. the big main event in me too. part two. And uh, the significance of Zendaya's role and... I would really like Javier Bardem too. Like I want to see more of him. Uh, Josh Brolin will be great. And then I really like how they set up uh, Skarsgård and Austin Butler, um, the, the violence that's about to come. So they, they do a, such a good job of world building with mm-hmm. Dune, which is next level. And the cinematography is some of the best you could possibly watch. So Yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed Dune. I think uh, I would have to really go back and look at my list because 2021 was a little bit of a weaker year because we were still coming off of COVID. But I think it was either my number one or number two movie of that year. So um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, There are two, the two uh, American uh, movies that Denis Villeneuve kind of broke through with uh, were like a big part of what I loved about um, being a filmmaker back when I was making movies, Prisoners and Sicario were two like super impactful movies. Um, He also did Arrival and Blade Runner 2049, which are also just great pieces of cinema. Uh, The only reason it's not number one for me, uh, two reasons. One, it's not the exact genre that I always cling on to. Like I do like big budget stuff and Mm sci-fi, but um, for me, like you were saying, Zach, like the, uh, you were looking forward to the epic conclusion. Uh, Villeneuve recently came out and said he's writing the script for Dune 3. So I originally went into the first Dune, like many other people, thinking this is just going to be a two-part story. And now I don't feel as confident in that. And I hope that doesn't water down what this movie will be. Um, but I do think that I'm excited to see what they set up. They have a lot of great casting additions with Austin Butler and Christopher Walken and Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. So I'm stoked. I mean, the cast is great. Um my boy is not going to be in this one, unfortunately. I don't want to spoil it for who hasn't seen it, but someone dies in the first one, and I love him. So it sucks. But you know what? I'm excited for Dune 2. And that also comes out on March 1st. Very soon. So very, very soon. We'll be talking about that one with you guys pretty quickly. Um, okay, so Dune Part 2 is Zach's number six. 
We did our sixes, Liz. I'm going to do my number five, which I don't think is on either of your guys' list. No, and this it is, is not. the movie Wolves. Um, or Wolfs. It's spelled W-O-L-F-S. They have to change the fucking title of this movie because it's so poor. Um, however, it is a movie that follows two lone wolf fixers who are assigned to the same job. It is a thriller that is written and directed by John Watts, and it stars George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And um, George Clooney is... In my opinion, the only actor still working today that has that old school feel, which I've always appreciated. He reminds me of like the Cary Grants. He reminds me of like that old school sort of leading man. And uh, I love Ocean's Eleven. I absolutely adore that movie. And the chemistry between him and Brad Pitt was always something that I loved to see. So um, that along with the fact that Clooney is just so good at working and interweaving between genres like he's he doesn't do i mean he does comedy with the coen brothers but like his drama dramatic work and things in thrillers like michael clayton and then he's able to still do dramatic work like things with the descendants like alexander payne i just really love a lot of the things that he shows up in so i'm excited to see um him and brad pitt do something together and also this is an original story that is written and directed by John Watts, who did the Spider-Man trilogy for Marvel. And this is being handled by Apple, who gave him basically a shit ton of money to go make a really great thriller. So I'm excited. It comes out at the end of September. So Wolf's is my number five. Neither of you guys know anything really about it. I so don't. I don't no, think you guys can I'm really excited for it, right? though. I, yeah. hope it, I hope it does well. What do you think of George Clooney and Brad Pitt? Um, I like them. I like them. I think they're good. I think that they tend to stick to like the same tone for f- characters. Interesting. Like I don't really think either of them as they've gone, I think in the earlier years, they definitely pushed the envelope a little bit more, but then I think eventually they got comfortable um, and we're just like, okay, let's just do films that I know how to play this character. I don't think they test themselves because I think they don't want to put out something bad. Interesting. I think Clooney's put out a lot of bad stuff recently. Yeah, but but I think he, he always is in the good light, like I think in his films. Yeah, for the most part. He's never, I don't the know. Bad guy. Yeah, like never yeah. the bad guy, never playing. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's always kind of like a safe plot of somebody that's doing, or somebody that's doing something bad that eventually turns good. Like charming. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so. Uh, I think that's why I get, I like I get bored I like of that. that I, like that ab- I like that he fits that zone of the older sort of actors. Like yeah. I like that he, that's his niche. I think he's good though. Yeah. I'm I'm like nothing about this film makes me go like, ooh, wow. Like I've ne- I haven't seen this before, like for either of them. But I mean, maybe they'll blow my mind. I like their pairing. Zach. Uh yeah, I I love George Clooney and Brad Pitt uh doing the Oceans movies. Like those those movies are are also very close to me. Um with just like uh I don't know. They just did a lot for like comedy and the crime thriller uh heist drama um so really really appreciate those and i like seeing their reunion coming back so cool yeah all right so that was my number five liz what is your number five my number five is uh joker joker folly adieu thank you you're welcome thank you very much um this one i don't know how it's gonna be i'm just interested to see it uh it's the sequel to the 2019 film joker with uh joaquin phoenix in it this time obviously it's going to be a bring it's going to bring in harley quinn 
and Lady Gaga herself is playing her. You both are very silent. How do you feel about this? You want to go first? I'm a little scared because it's going to be a musical. <laughs> it's just how I feel. Which, again, I'm... they're not promoting it that way as of right now. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no trailer yet. Um, but I really hope they put that in the trailer just because. I don't know if they will. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but Joker was, was such a, like, defined piece of, like, their crime and, and the, the, the grittiness of, like, Gotham City and what made him that persona. So I was such a shift to go to like, a, if it's a full musical, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how that fits to the narrative. So I don't know. I just, it seems very like so dramatically shifted. Different. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I agree with Zach. I, I have a lot of hesitance with it, which is why it didn't make my list surprisingly. Um, but the thing so the first movie like zach had said is so gritty in tone and it's basically todd phillips trying to make taxi driver within the d within dc 100 percent. um the thing is like if that's his mentality with foley ado it's like okay so is he gonna make joker in all that jazz because if that's the case then that's interesting but like zach said like where does it take the story i there's a part of me that's like, oh, you know, a lot of really great actors came onto this movie. I mean, Brendan Gleeson mm -hmm. is in the cast, Catherine Keener. Uh, I didn't know this until I just looked at the IMDb, but Steve Coogan is apparently in this movie as well. Uh, obviously Lady Gaga, but that I think is just sort of a given because she is a pop star first, actress second, and she is probably one of the only people that you could cast in the role as Harley Quinn right now that's not named Margot Robbie. Because she does it so well. Yeah. Um, so seeing Joaquin in a musical is very scary. Yeah, but he did walk the line and he did really well singing He did. There. He did a fantastic job as Johnny Cash. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect with this. And that, that's that's probably part of why I'm scared and why I didn't make my list. Um, but it makes me excited then to see it. Because like, am I going to walk out like, wow, that was way better than I expected? Or am I going to be like, that was terrible? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What I think to it's going to go one. I don't think it's going to be mid, which I kind of love is that it's not going to be like a, yeah, that was pretty good. I think it's either people are going to be th blown away by it or they're going to be like, that was the worst thing I've seen. Well, the first year. film was pretty divisive. I mean, it, yeah. it still garnered a shit ton of Oscar noms. I mean, mm -hmm. 11 nominations and Joaquin won, but um, there were people that were outraged with that movie. I know. And it won um, multiple Academy Awards. So I think that they're going to go musical wise. I think they're going to go with the tone or like if they were smart, they would make it that they're both going crazy. And so I think that's what they're going. For. They're having delusions that they think are musicals, but then they show the aspect of they're not really happening. And I think they're going to go into like that psychological. Yeah, flip. I think I think all of it takes place. Well, where he is, he's in Arkham. You know mm -hmm. that at the end of at the end of the first film. But I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm not I'm not not excited. <laughs> I'm just I'm hesitant. I guess that's that's a, that's the good way to put it. But that film Joker, Joker Folly Ado comes out October fourth. So that's another for awards Halloween. play. Yeah, around Halloween time. Um. All right. So that was my five and Liz's five. Zach. Your number five. Uh, my number five is uh, Richard Linklater's Hitman with Glenn Powell. Okay. It's kind of been circulating around uh, in the festival circuit a mm -hmm. little bit. Uh, I think it was at Toronto last year. 
Um, but it gets its wide release this year. And uh, I think Isa Gonzalez is in that movie too. Adria Arjano or Arjana. Okay. They're I think very, I just confused. They're very similar actors. Because I, I think they kind of play like similar stuff. I was just mm-hmm. thinking of um, Baby Driver too. But um, okay, cool. So that'll. I, I like that he's doing a shift after Anyone But You and Top Gun. Like I, I hope that he can solidify himself as somebody somebody who can play something deeper than just the handsome guy mm-hmm. you know uh i think he does have a lot of talent uh we just haven't seen that range yet so maybe that will come with this movie i've heard some pretty good reviews early on already and that it it was well received so i don't know I, i'm always interested in like hitman or assassin movies especially after the killer we saw last year that was really cool and um Richard Linklater is also really cool, and I I think he's doing something outside of his his genre too as well. Didn't he do the Before trilogy? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. So he has a, he has a very interesting filmography. Richard Linklater. Yeah, he, he kind of just he's goes very great director. aims for the fences. Like he just he just always is trying to excel in different mediums and genres. Yeah. So I yeah, like for that. sure. Um, Glenn's worked with him before. Uh, in a movie that I really, I really like, and I thought was super underrated when it came out, was Everybody Wants Some, which was like a spiritual uh, sequel to Dazed and Confused. Yeah, and I liked that movie. I, I really enjoyed it. that movie, and Glenn Powell was great in that movie. Um, this Hitman didn't make my list, but I am excited because I like Glenn Powell as an actor. I like Linklater, um, but I, I doubled down on what you just said, Zach. I am very nervous for his career because I. I, it, it's similar to what we were talking about with Kieran Culkin, but um, we saw with the neurosis that Culkin sort of brings to roles in succession, you got to see more of the emotional part, especially mm-hmm. when something happens in season four. <clears throat> Excuse me. Glenn Powell, um, in the things that I've seen him in, he's played the same guy. And yeah. uh, I didn't watch the trailer for Hitman yet, so I don't know what the tone is or what the vibe is. Um but I think Link Ladder plays really well to what his skill set would be, mm. which would make it a really great performance for Powell and Comer- I think the movie commercially is going to be one of Netflix's like biggest movies ever, probably because people love Glenn Powell. Um, and then like Link Ladder's done things like School of Rock, and he's done things like Boyhood. So his filmography is all over the place. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think the movie's going to be really good, but I am nervous for Glenn Powell's career because I don't know if. He's just gonna keep going down this this kind of Tom Cruise esque career path, and Tom Cruise has proven that he can. He's got acting yeah. different sort of acting chops. So I hope that Powell sort of starts to challenge himself a little bit more. Yeah, Powell gives me a little bit of um, Ryan Reynolds vibes. I can yeah, see I can too. see that too. Where they play, too. he plays like the charming, funny, uh, like witty and yeah. yeah. That can kind of have an attitude at times. Yeah, even like, like he's doing a movie with A24 next and I wrote about it on, on the blog and uh, they kind of ch- like it's based on an earlier film from the 40s with Alec Guinness and they like rewrote the character to make it fit the wittiness of, of Powell, mm. which scares the shit out of me because I'm like, they don't even believe in his acting ability. Though. But he's making money. At he the is good. I mean, so I, think he's, I think he's good at what he does, but. I'm nervous. But Hitman should be cool. I didn't watch the trailer yet. I'm excited so for it. So I can't it. speak to mm-hmm. it directly. But did you watch the trailer yet? I actually haven't. Yeah, and I think it I might just do it. came Liz out. Is doing it, not watch it. I yeah. don't want to. It comes out. Uh, I don't have the exact date on hand, but it does come out uh, on Netflix in June. 
So I'm cool. big on starting trailers and then 20 seconds in stop Shutting it. it off. I like that. I like they that give vibe. away too much now. I agree. Like it's you really, see the whole movie and sad. then you're like, okay, great. Yeah. Done. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm not into that either. Yeah. Um, all right. Number fours. We've worked into the top fours for all of us. Um, and I believe mine number four and Liz is number four. I'm not on anybody else's list. My number four is Deadpool three. Uh, obviously this is not Liz's list. Um, <laughs> uh, I've but, never seen any of them. Okay. So, so <laughs> the first Deadpool was incredibly groundbreaking. Uh, I think it was up until Joker it was the highest grossing rated R movie ever. Uh, it was the first rated R comic book movie that like superseded a lot. I mm -hmm. mean, Kick-Ass was rated R, but it was a whole different level with Deadpool. Logan, um, Logan too. Yeah. Oh, Logan. Logan came after Deadpool though, right? Okay. Yeah, the first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, Logan's also fucking awesome. But um, the first Deadpool I think is great. The second Deadpool has some missteps. The thing uh, which I, you're probably not going to have any opinion on this at all, but um, Deadpool 3 ha it has... On its shoulders, the fact that if this movie fails, Marvel is probably done. And that alone. Wait, like, actually? Yeah. So Marvel's in a really bad downslide in terms of critical and commercial success. I mean, in comparison to other things, obviously not. But the diehards, people like me, sweaty nerds, um, are like. Done with it. Yeah, just kind of bored with the fact that they're not really talking the same way they used to. And they're not communicating things either through their filmmaking or even when they do interviews or when they talk about mm. things, it's a lot of roundabout answers and a lot of bullshit. Deadpool three comes from a place where Ryan Reynolds literally took a screen test that he did in that character, put it online one day and it went gangbusters. And that it, that's why the movie got made. So he took a very makeshift approach to making that movie, wrote the script himself, co-produced it was very involved in the character and is really great as Wade Wilson. Um, so this film brings back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, which was something else that was not expected because Logan ended in such a great way for the legacy of his character. And Hugh Jackman was basically like, I'm not coming back to do these. This is my last one. Mm -hmm. And so Reynolds got him back on board. And that makes me believe that there's something in here that brings the spirit more so of the first film than the second. Um, and the first movie was one of my favorite movies of that year. So being a fan of the comic book, movie genre there's a lot riding on this one so it had to slide into my top five it was my number four i'm sure you have no opinion on i it, have no thoughts but Zach, <laughs> I, have I know you saw at least the first deadpool i don't know if you saw the second one but uh yeah i, I saw uh definitely saw the second one i think second one is brad pitt in it for a split second yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. and and uh josh brolin is as cable cable and yeah. zazie bates as domino mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah so i i like them both Everybody really liked that Deadpool was something very different from Marvel, like very crude humor, uh, pretty graphic, rated R. That was uh, a big step for Marvel to do something different than that. And I think uh, two big stars in this movie, especially Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman returning, will be the cash grab, I think for marvel like it'll probably be their biggest movie in this phase that they're in yeah i sure. think if it doesn't make a billion dollars is a major problem i i agree yeah, yeah. it would mm -hmm. be a major it would be really because they're enough. they're definitely banking on uh this to to be their big seller as like well not maybe not funding but funding the next phase and yeah. like giving 
the same recognition that okay no we're still here to play as like a big contender because i mean this is the perfect moment for dc to swoop in yeah. but i don't know so and we'll this see. is the only marvel movie coming out this year and it's been oh I, really i think it's been seven years since there's only been one marvel movie released in a year wow so, it's a big deal i didn't know that yeah oh, okay. it's a very big deal um so deadpool 3 was my number four liz your number four you go back to back musicals Ooh. Well, what can I say? So I've got to represent. Um, it's definitely not on either of yours, but I am very excited to see how Wicked does. Um, mm. I think even if it doesn't do well um, and doesn't do great homage to the original Broadway musical, it's going to make money. Solely for the purpose of want people wanting to see the drama and the core of Ariana Grande and the guy that she's currently dating, Ethan Slater. Um, I mean, it's a pretty big budget, though. So, but I still think they won't have trouble making back their money. The budget was three hundred and ten million. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wait a minute. Yeah. The budget was three hundred and ten million. Yes. That's fucking. Crazy. I get, or that's what they're <laughs> estimating it. They haven't wild. officially put out a number, but that's it like it might be higher than that. Then <laughs> that's what they're estimating. I mean, based wow. on like, yeah, that just blew my fucking mind. Yeah, that's I mean, have so you not crazy. seen any of the pictures of the sets? I've like, seen, I've seen, yeah, yeah. I've seen some pictures, but I know we talked a little bit before too about how they're trying to keep things um, under wraps with a lot of it. Um, so we'll wow, see. That's a big budget. But I still think they're going to make it back. I do. I think they're going to make a lot of money on this film. Um, I think we were talking about it being broken into part one, part two. I I don't think it's going to be. I don't think people are going to walk away satisfied, but I don't think they want people to walk away satisfied. I think they want people to walk away ready for the part two, okay. which means more money for them. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about the singing aspects because I know that um, Cynthia Erivo can absolutely sing her She's ass off. She's a fantastic off. performer. Ariana Grande, I actually think will do very well as Glenda singing wise. Acting wise, I'm a little worried just because um, mm. I mean, Ariana Grande has been in two things. Don't look up. And she was in. Um, oh, uh, Scream Queens. Oh, was she? Yeah, that was on MTV, right? Yeah, was it, it was. MTV? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she was in that. So Ryan I mean, Murphy produced it. It's not yeah. like her first acting role, but we'll see. Well, here's my question for you. So John M. Chu, who's done some movies I actually really like. I'm I really like Me crazy, too. crazy Rich Asians. I mean, he did Icon Step Up too. Like, the come streets. on, are you kidding? <laughs> Don't forget. Are the you subtitle. kidding? It's iconic. Um, I was gonna ask you. So the last movie that he did, which I believe was basically a, um, an audition for Wicked, probably, was In the Heights. So I liked In the Heights. What did you think of In the Heights, the movie musical? Um, I honestly, I don't really remember it that okay. well, which I think says something. And he directed it. So same director. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different, though, when it's your first musical movie. Because you, I think, I think people are just nervous to do musical movies. I Fair. think they are. I mean, you're trying to, um, you don't want to copy the show exactly, but you also don't want to just go off and do your own thing. So it's a very, in the, like a teetering game that you're playing. Um, 
I think he already did a very risky thing by breaking into part one and part two. But I think he's got to stick to the story with Wicked. If he can just stick to the story and make it uh, like easy for people to digest as a film, people will like it. And that's all that you can really ask at this point is for people to like a musical yeah. as big as Wicked. For sure. Wow. It'll be horrible. Though. I'm intrigued. People will be people will be pissed. Like Broadway fans will be <coughs> if pissed it's, if, if it's not good. bad. Yeah. I think it's a fair 100%. point. Um, Do you guys okay. have any thoughts? I I just think I, I I'm kind of shocked by the budget to be honest. Like I mean, it could be I it could be something wrong, but that's what I'm saying. Because the thing that I think about is if the budget is 310 million, you have to include another 100 million for marketing. Do you think they split that because it initially wasn't if supposed to be part one? If it's 310 per movie, then that would make a lot more sense. Now, if it's 310 million for one movie, that's fucking terrifying. Like if you think they split the three ten between part one, part two, it would two. make a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you're talking one sixty per movie. I versus... could totally be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've already they filmed part one and part two. Yeah, already. I think they might have done it in like succession so that they can they they just filmed it as one big thing. Well, Similar also because to what, like, of the Marvel sets, did with like Avengers. they built a lot of these yeah. sets, so and they tore them down. Um, All right. Well, so. I'm intrigued. I'll just say that. Let's see if they make their money back. We'll see. <laughs> I think the only thing I'm going to say about it is that is the trailer has to be good. Like if Ariana Grande looks bad in it, you know, like as an actress, it's not going to be good. Or the music. The music is so synonymous with the Broadway community. Like it is probably one of the better known musicals, like in America at least. So if people know how fam or they're familiar with how the music sounds and if it sounds like like bad like it'll sound different but if it sounds bad they're gonna be like oh get this out yeah. of here because like i think the the source material that's been coming out like even mean girls for example like a lot of people were like why are they making mean girls again like did it sell them enough on uh returning to something they already knew you know so i think wicked especially is like if people hold that in such high regard it's gotta be close to their expectations to to go see it i, I agree. guess yeah. but yeah, I hope they don't put too much in the trailer. If they were smart, yeah. they'd do not a full just do like a tease. Yeah, just do a yeah. tease. Don't just do clips. Just don't do a full two minute trailer. For sure. Because otherwise people are gonna be like, okay, saw it. All right. So I'm gonna move on to my number four pick. And that is gonna be Robert Eggers Nosferatu. 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 Nice little remake <laughs> of the the original um, vampire movie in the twenties. So, I mean, um, I'm excited for this. I I really like what Robert Eggers is doing for this like very surreal, very like horrific style of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. He's done a lot for horror with, um, I mean, The Witch, and then. The Lighthouse was just like very psychological. Um, and I think that's going to be incorporated to this a lot. But then it's also like a monster movie now. So yeah. they're, they're bringing, <coughs> bringing um, oh, Dracula. <laughs> I lost myself there again. Oh, my God. Uh, on to you, DJ. Go ahead. That's it. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to. Um, you got it. No, I got it. You pass it on to me. Um yeah, I'm excited for this movie. It didn't make my list, um, but it, I think it's because I haven't seen uh, enough of Robert Eggers, even though he's done three films at this mm -hmm. point. I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet. Um, I never saw The Witch. 
I did see the Northman last year and really, really liked it. Um, and this time he's working with Alexander's younger brother, Bill Skarsgård, mm -hmm. who is the creepiest motherfucker to ever walk this earth. Yep. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, him work with him. Uh, Willem Dafoe again. I mean, uh, he looks so creepy in this as well from the from the first look photos we've seen. Uh, it's got a great cast. Uh, so I'm excited to see it. Didn't make my list, but I am excited to see it. That comes out on Christmas on 2024 what, oh, what a, perfect, a happy christmas a i know perfect holiday film happy for everyone happy christmas happy christmas harry I, I feel like maybe they should have done like thanksgiving time ish but halloween. oh my god wait halloween by the way this movie won't get nominated for any oscars because it's coming out on christmas is that a trend that's what happened with iron claw oh. mm. and well, another movie holovers is kind of a christmas movie yeah but that came out like it was not it was limited but yeah that, yeah but Dang. Poor Robert Eggers. Well, I don't think he's ever nominated anyway. I don't think the Academy likes him very much. No, no, he's no, not, the, not the type different. of movies. That no, he no, no way. Um, yeah, this was number three for me. I, yeah, yeah, number three. Whoa. Um, I'm ready to see Lily Rose Depp not doing <laughs> the shit movie we reviewed. The, the or shit, shit show TV we reviewed. Show that she was just in because I do think she's very talented um, and an interesting actor. Uh, I she did something. Oh, I forget the name of the film actually. Tusk. No. The what? Idol. No, the Idol is the show I didn't like. She oh, did a film. Movie. It was a smaller one. I want to say Wolves. No, it's definitely I like not. I've heard, I think I've heard of that movie. Uh, but anyways, she was really great in it. No, not Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm okay. sorry wolf yeah wolf i was close okay um, i think i saw it she was really great in it. it it's okay. like about people that think that they're animals oh shit uh what's his name is in that harris dickens is in that yes okay. and um i just like her i don't know there's something about her that I, I i like when she's in a film so i'm interested to see what she brings to this after being in such a huge scale show and then it failing yeah and now she's leading a, a movie it's gonna be big. I'm excited. All right. So that was Zach's number four. And Liz, that was your number three. Yes. So now we're gonna go to my number three. Um, I don't know if this is on either of your guys' list. My number three is a crime drama called The Order. No. Okay. This oh. is based on a true story. Um, it is directed by uh Justin Kurzel, who I, I will be hundred percent honest, I've never seen any of his films. Uh I'm not necessarily uh I've never wanted to see any of his movies necessarily. The ones that he's done in the past, he did the uh, Macbeth, uh, the Florence Pugh um, oh. led Macbeth. He also did Assassin's Creed, a true history of the Kelly gang, which is an indie I did want to see. And then Mitram, which I believe was with Caleb Landry Jones. Yes, it was. Um, this is definitely his most commercial. If you want to call it that movie. Um, Zach Balin wrote this and Zach Balin also wrote the script for King Richard. And he also wrote the Creed 3 script as well as Gran Turismo this year. So he's on a bit of a hot streak. He's doing a lot of things in Hollywood. But to give you guys just the synopsis of this film, uh, it is based on a true story of a series of bank robberies and car heists that frightened communities in the Pacific Northwest. And there is a lone FBI agent that believes the crimes were not the work of financially motivated criminals, but rather a group of dangerous domestic terrorists. Mm, um, wow. Jude Law plays the domestic terrorist. And really? Nicholas Holt plays the FBI agent, um, who I think, I mean, Nicholas Holt's star meter is just going to continue to rise from 
Nosferatu and this in the same year, then he's going to be playing Lex Luthor starting in 2025 in DC for Superman Legacy. Um, Ty Sheridan is also in this film, who I think is a really underappreciated young actor. Allison Oliver, who broke Salt out in Saltburn. She's going to be in this. Uh, Journey Smollett, as well as uh, Mark Maron, one of the biggest podcasters turned comedian actors in the world. Um, so it is a very intriguing plot to me. And uh, I like a lot of films that are based on true stories. I like to see how they do their dramatic reenactments or scripted versions of them. And I'm a big fan of the crime genre and heist films in general. Um, so I'm excited for this movie. But I don't think it's on either of your guys' list. It's not. I didn't know about this at all. It probably would have made my list if I knew about it. You intrigued? I am very intrigued. I like okay. Jew Law a lot too. Yeah. yeah. Liz, anything on it? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, we'll see what the trailer comes out with, and I'll watch the first 20 seconds. Okay. And get an opinion on I'm it. I'm good on that. All right, so the order was my number three. Liz, your number three we already did. Nosferatu. My, my list is done. Your list is done. I'm finished. So we're not returning. We're to not. You. I'm goodbye. Um, no. Zach, your number. Th- oh, and we did your number three. So yeah. it's and we did my number two. So let's give your number two now. Number two is uh, Origin. Okay, it's coming out. Isn't it this out this week? Oh, it's, it's kind of out. Like it's it's in New York. It's it's in there, people. Major, like, yeah, LA. <laughs> like it's in uh, a lot of the major hot zones. For <laughs> well, I didn't realize this movie was as long as it is. How, what's the Isn't time? it like two two twenty? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I was surprised by that. So I I really I mean I love Ava DuVernay. I really like everything she's done so far. Mm-hmm. She's been super uh, passionate about highlighting um, you know stories that that are important to cultural <clears throat> relations and and then just also really diving into those deep relationships and stuff. Like there there was um just a lot to Selma that wasn't just a civil rights movie. I, I felt like, and David did such a good job as MLK that it, it felt like you felt like he, his human self in that movie. I really liked that side of it along with the backdrop of the civil rights movement. And she just has such a way of making these very um, deliberate choices that are, deeply affected relationships and that's kind of the focus of this movie which is like finding your origin how some things are connected and mm-hmm. then and then like the the light versus dark relationship of of people that is out there and has been out there for centuries so that's like a big loaded subject matter to put into your film but i i really like the cast too um i've it's been a hearing a cast. lot of buzz mm-hmm. yeah it's big. yeah it's a really big cast so what do you what do you think liz I'm excited about it. I mean, I yeah. feel like I've been hearing about this film um, since it, which I don't remember which festival it premiered at, but I, I definitely have been hearing things about it. Um, yeah, I love DuVernay also. I think she has just such an interesting take on uh, topics and she's not just putting out films to put them out and like make money off of. She's putting them out to say something and make her audience walk away with a thought or able to start talking about a topic that maybe some people haven't been able to talk about um i hope this film does well i think it's at a good point where this film for me gives me the same vibes kind of as past lives because it came past lives came out um kind of around the same time it was right after the oscars were like wrapping up and uh 
like the award season was finishing. Um, and so I think I think it'll do well as long as the performances are great, which I have heard there very well. Yeah, I uh, like you, Zach. I'm a big fan of of Selma, uh, Ava DuVernay's uh, debut film. Um, and the cast is intriguing. I mean, we get the John Bernthal, Ingenue, Ellis Taylor reunion from King Richard mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, but our girl Nisi Nash is also in this. Love her. Love you, Nisi. Um, but a lot of other intriguing uh, cast members as well. Victoria Pedretti, who's best known for you. Vera Farmiga, who I, I always love to see her show up in things. And Nick Offerman. Um, I'm excited to see this. I, I'm hoping that uh, it plays somewhere where I can go see it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes it's like you want to see these smaller sort of dramatic movies and they're not playing anywhere, but I'm excited to see origin. It looks really good. So Zach, that was your number two, number two. And we already did your number one, which is the bike riders. Yes. Okay. So that leaves mine last, which I also don't think is on any of your guys. It's your number one. It's my number one. Um, my number one film of anticipated film for 2024 is a movie called the instigators. Um, there are a lot of there's a lot of talent attached to this movie, which makes me excited for it. Um, <clears throat> specifically, the combination of Damon and Affleck is always something that I get excited by. Um, Manchester by the Sea was a movie I saw in 2016 that broke me entirely, but is still to this day like one of the most pivotal watches I've ever had in my, in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two reunite, but this time Matt Damon is actually in the film with Casey Affleck as well. Hong Chow, Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, Ving Rhames, um, Paul Walter Hauser. So really good ensemble cast. Um, also Jack Harlow yeah, for some what? reason. Why is Jack Harlow um, in this? I don't know why he's in it, but the movie is uh, a crime drama again. It's my, it's my favorite genre, so it, it is my number one. You do. You love those I love films. crime movies, but... This is following two robbers who must go on the run and they kidnap uh, one of their therapists after a theft does not go as planned. Mm. Um, and I believe that it is Casey Affleck and Paul Walter Hauser as the two runaways and they kidnap Hong Chow. Um, who, I mean, I think she is such a great uh, up and coming actor as well. I, I actually believe she was the best part of The Whale. Um, which came out last year. Yeah. Uh, and I loved her in her one episode of Poker Face. She's so great in the menu, in Watchmen. Like, she's she's good in everything she does. She commands the screen. So, um, yeah, again, crime drama is basically my cup and my cup of tea. Um, and I really just love the type of stories that the whole Damon, Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck crew sort mm-hmm. of assemble. These, these tinier movies that can have such a great mass appeal but still tell these really essential stories. So... The Instigators is my number one most anticipated movie for 2024. Cool. That's awesome. I All like right. the cast. It's big. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm really looking cast. forward to that. I did not know this was a thing. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so really the mo- I mean, the movie, I'm not a th- I'm not 100% sure it's coming out in 2024, but it's completely done filming and it's in post-production. And at the time of this filming, it's January of 2024. They have plenty of time to wrap a smaller movie. So I would assume that it's probably going to be coming out towards award season. Probably. If I had to anticipate. That's what I would say, too. So, that was a long episode, everybody, but we made it. We made it. You want to go through our list again yeah, one we'll more time? We'll go through our Just list of... one last time. Uh, I will start. So, my number 10 was Bob Marley, One Love. My number 9 was Spaceman. Number 8, Challengers. Number 7, We Live in Time. Number 6, Gladiator 2. Number 5, Wolves. Number 4, Deadpool 3. Number 3 is The Order. Number 2 is Dune Part 2. And my number 1 is The Instigators. 
Awesome. Liz, you want to read yours off? Sure. Um, my number 10 is I Saw the TV Glow. Number nine, A Real Pain. Number eight, the Bob Marley film, One Love. Uh, number seven, Bike Riders. Number six, Civil War. Number five, Joker. I don't remember the French part Folly of it. Folly adieu. Don't down. Um, number four, Wicked. Number three, Zach, can you pronounce Asperatu. it for me? Uh, number two, Challengers. And number one, Dune Part Two. Ooh. Timmy CEO is the top of her list. Of course. Uh, all right. I'm gonna, 10. Yeah. I'm going to go to number 10, Bob Marley, One Love. Uh, number nine, Furiosa. Number eight, Megalopolis. Number seven, Gladiator 2. Number six, Dune Part Two. Uh, number five, Hitman. Number four, Nosferatu. Number three, Challengers. Number two, Origin. Number one, The Bike Riders. We did it, everybody. Boom. We, we did it. We did it, we everyone. Made it. We did the whole year. <laughs> we did January. the whole entire year in January. <laughs> and we're done for the rest and of the year. No, we'll see you guys <laughs> next year. No. Um, let us know if you guys enjoyed us doing this list. We had a lot of fun making our own respective lists and talking about cinema for over an hour and 40 minutes at this point probably mm. um so thank you guys for watching please give this video a like let us know in the comments what are your 10 most anticipated films for 2024 um are there any specific ones you want our opinion on do you want us to cover specific things let us know in the comments we'd love to interact with you guys and do our best to get the most content out for you guys the audience um if you guys can subscribe to us we have the culture wave media network you could also follow us on our social media we are at cinema wave media on instagram as well as on tiktok and facebook and threads we're also at underscore culture wave media and we also have at jersey's finest pod for our other podcast jersey's finest just signing off i am darian scalamoni i am liz seiko i'm zach miller and we'll see you guys next time